Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. Today, we're going to hear about an exciting new way to help our many neighbors who are in need. Shepherd's Heart Food Pantry exists to meet poverty and hunger head on and change it. Joining me now is its executive director, Bob Gage. Now, Bob, you were here about Five months ago, with uh, with one of your wonderful sponsors, Claire McDonald of Bird Culture and Ford, and you're about to give away that amazing orange Mustang convertible. It was so much fun to help raise money. That was fun. For Shepherd's Heart, it was just a, a, a great time. And we were just a matter of months into the pandemic and its resulting economic devastation. And now that many months later, the problem is very much still with us. It, it's not going away. We don't see this going away for a long time. It, it, we may be in this kind of a mode in, in what we do for the next couple of years. We just don't see it disappearing because where I get my information from is uh, part of it is from what the food bank's system is. Mm-hmm. And so their system is designed to do what we've been doing this past year. The past year, we, we learned how to uh, provide food to people in a drive-through method and all every one of the food banks or food pantries in the 22 county area that the central texas food bank serve were all in drive-through mode and they don't see that changing for at least a year Hmm. yeah because the classical model is people would go to a food bank and yours is there um on 34th and bosky Uh and they would come and shop like at a grocery store yes and, and we set it up so that it would be uh, an uplifting arrangement because I already knew what some food banks were, or food pantries were like. Um, you just go there and they give you a bag of groceries. You don't know what you're going to get. And, and the, some of the food pantries, I, I, I helped start a couple of them in churches. Uh, we just gave them what we could. And sometimes, like, not much. Mm-hmm. Not really just much whatever at you all. had. Yeah. And so what we wanted to do with the model that we had was to make it look like a miniature H-E-B. Yeah. And we did that, and people just loved it. Well, and you're one of several food banks in Central Texas. But your numbers are just stunning. Well, we we just rang the bells all through the year last year. Mm-hmm. We, we served 41,533 families. That's almost 92,000 people. And we never expected to do that. We just kept pouring it on, pouring it on. Every week we were seeing, especially from the months of about May through, um, I want to say September, October, somewhere in there, we were serving a thousand families a week. And it was just over and over and over. The line just wouldn't go away. And we, as we did that, we learned how to do things uh, in 
assembly line methods to create the packaging and uh, be able to accommodate those needs. We, we had to learn how to mass produce everything. Really? So that we could put it in their cars and minimize contact. When, when, yeah, that, the whole idea was yeah. to try to keep the spread of the virus, you know, from going rampant. We saw people coming at us from about seven or eight different counties. Oh, my goodness. All around us, yes. And it wasn't just Waco. We were serving a lot of area. But in the counties um, near here, Mejia, I want to, I'm not trying to pick on Mejia, but they've got a couple of pantries over there, but they're not as big as we are, not mm -hmm. as strong uh, of, of, of the food that they can get out. And that's the way it is in some of the other areas around us. They just don't have the resources. And we've been blessed. Uh, we have been very blessed. Um, we're a faith-based food pantry. Uh, I don't get any government money. We live by the donations that we get from the community. And we live in a very generous community. That's what I think. Um, we, we've been able to, every time we've needed to elevate uh, what we do, the resources have been there for us. And so we're impressed to be blessed as we are in this community. Now, you tell me, you, you have seen situations, though, in this drive-by model now where you folks would come and you would just put the groceries in the car. There were so many people in the car. Oh, yeah. There was no room to put the groceries. That, that was heartbreaking to see that kind of stuff because the, in a, if it's a car that's big enough, that's fine. But these were small cars that didn't have enough room to uh, really fit the people. And we we're piling groceries on them. I mean, that had to have been an uncomfortable ride, but... It, it was the only way we could get the food in the car. And sometimes we couldn't give them all the food that we wanted to because there just wasn't any place to put it. Yeah, we, we, that is one of the things that triggered our thought process about how are we going to do this going forward? What can we do to make this better? Um, and that's where we came up with the idea of going mobile. Uh, in the past, from time to time, we have gone into some of the um, low-income apartment areas and we take food in there. Um, before, we used to get an abundance of food and we have a lot of produce left over and we take that along with other things uh, with us and we would be able to distribute that in about an hour in some of these uh, apartment districts. And so that put us in a mindset of, what if we went mobile? <clears throat> and, and that's where we started focusing our attention. And uh, my board said, you know, Bobby, come up with some crazy ideas one time, once in a while, but uh, we're not so sure about this one. But it makes sense. It made sense to them. It made sense to our staff. And so they said, let's do this. And so we, we're doing it. Uh, the wonderful thing about it is, is a couple of weeks ago, when we were doing a couple of preliminary runs just to work the bugs out of if we mm -hmm. had any. So you're taking the food to the people. To the people. We've got uh, 14 sites set up. 14. All, all over the area. We'll be in Bell Mead. We'll be in East Waco. We'll be in North Waco and in South Waco in a variety of sections of the community that <clears throat> are typically high needs areas. Mm -hmm. And what we uh, found a, a couple weeks ago is that we were distributing food we had 87 new families in that area. It's like, what? These That's people have never been to our 
pantry in 12 years, and this is our 12th year, but in all that time, they've never been to our pantry because our, our records go all the way back. Yeah, So you and you know who you're serving. Yeah, we, we've had continuity with the same intake uh, program. Mm-hmm. And I, I expected when we got into these areas, because I, I kind of drove around, I knew something about Waco several years ago, probably about five or six years ago. I'm not sure time flies when you're having fun here. <laughs> but Baylor Social School, uh-huh. they did a study on the food desert areas in this uh-huh. community. And it was a very thorough study. And what they found is there's 50,000 people living in food desert areas. What that means is the only thing that's within walking distance is maybe a convenience store or perhaps a dollar store. Uh, since that time, we've I've seen a lot of dollar stores open up. There have been a lot. Yes. But at that time, that particular uh, study, it wasn't as many dollar stores. The dollar stores provide some food, but it's a lot of packaged food that isn't necessarily the most nutritious food. Mm-hmm. And that not a lot not, of fresh food and, yeah, and, and, and protein and that kind of what thing. What we've learned uh, through this whole past 12 years is that if we don't feed, starting with kids, if we don't feed them while they're young, the right kind of food, nutritious food, mm-hmm. what happens is, is their cognitive skills don't develop, their immune systems don't develop. And what we see in the people that have come to our pantry through the years is 60% of them are diabetic or have some kind of illness. And this, these are people who have lived in generational poverty. Uh, typically what happens in the schools is they'll tell you that the first four to six weeks when they come back in August or September, whatever that is, that they're kind of reteaching the kids because they haven't retained the information that they had from the previous year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they didn't live on nutritious food during the summer months. They may have been getting food from a convenience store. Uh, I read something a few days ago that really got my attention. The government has um, what they consider a national emergency. What this is is that we have so many people who ha- are not getting the right nutrition as they're growing up. Uh, people that are 17 to 24 years old, a lot of them don't qualify for military service because of their health. Yeah, they're just not healthy enough to it's go like, through basic training. That was amazing to see mm-hmm. that, the, 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 because it's, it's not a way that they can continue feeding troops into their service. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Well, you, I mean, you talk about the numbers and how many thousands of people um, there are now, I think because we, I think we lost 11, maybe 11,000 jobs and a lot of those have come back. Thankfully, the economy is opening back up in Texas and things are starting to come back. But, but there are a lot of people who are employed. They still don't make enough money to make ends meet. And it was like that before COVID. Sure. I think that, I think the number was somewhere around 36%. And I might be wrong about that number. It could mm-hmm. be 43% or a little bit more. But many of the people that we had coming to get food are single parents. High sure. percentage you, you are single parents. You think a single mom or whatever. And they have children, and they're working one or two jobs because they don't make enough in one job. They get second jobs. But the housing costs are so high. Child care costs are so high. It doesn't leave them much wiggle room for anything. 
Mm-hmm. If that car breaks down, all of a sudden they're in chaos. Oh, medical issues. I mean, any of those kind yeah. of things. Yeah. So we saw them on a regular basis mm-hmm. just because of, and, and we didn't look down on anybody. We wanted to help them as much as sure. we could. Yeah. Well, and you had told me before, uh, you know, about families coming, dads coming that had never, ever asked for assistance of any kind before. And you say those numbers are still growing. I mean, you mentioned 87 new families. Yeah, just one one, one uh, distribution. Day. At one at one time. Okay, so you've got um, different churches. I mean, you're, you're partnering with churches, right? And yes. they, they've got parking lots that are good size. And so folks can can come and so these are prepackaged boxes of things or it's all food it's cans of food mm-hmm. and we'll put five cans in a bag because that's as much as we can get in there without breaking the bag mm-hmm. so we and we'll there'll be 10 different cans of food we'll have all the other staple items in another bag and everything's in a bag so that what we'll have if you can imagine this a row of they're the big boxes on a pallet that are called galoids mm. okay they're the size of a pallet, great big boxes. And so we fill these things up with those. We've got enough move uh, food that we, we figured it out. We can do 225 families per distribution. Um, that's how much the truck will hold. Yeah, you've got a big box truck. Yeah. And uh, some of the locations are, let's see, Pleasant Olive, Missionary Baptist Church, uh, Maranatha and Belmaine on Asselman and Christ the King. On Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. Um, Greater Zion, I mean, uh, La Ministerios, Antioch on uh, Waco Drive, Zion Hill Baptist Church, Bible Way Church, St. John's Missionary Baptist Church. So quite a few. Um, and they're all over the city. They're all over the city. And, that, and of course, several of them in North Waco, but East Waco, all, all over these areas that have been designated as food deserts. Yes. And if you, if you were to drive to where those churches are and you'll see there aren't any stores well of course there. i remember fiesta there at 25th oh, and, yeah. it, and uh and bosky over in there that was a you know it's a thriving uh, grocery store but it's closed i mean the, a lot of those grocery stores when i was a kid growing up in waco you know there were stores all over in those areas yeah and and the stores were on the inner city at those times sure. but they decided to changed their model and they moved because they saw people migrating toward the different areas of the city outside mm-hmm. of where we were and they built these mega stores and i, I don't criticize them for that it's just that we well, need it's something just, yeah it's how inside. It, it's how things have morphed and and uh, you mentioned your team uh, i would suspect now that this model has changed with the way you're distributing food you need even more folks do you have this box, several box trucks, or is this just one going different days to the different locations, or how does that work? We um, just acquired another box truck that Good. we're renting, picked it up today. Um, we're waiting for the artwork for the wrap to put on it mm-hmm. so we can wrap it. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have two box trucks. It's going to take two. Um, uh, the, the amount of food that we're going to be able to put out is more than what, and fit in one truck and so some of these occasions i may be using two trucks to take the food there mm-hmm. i may only need one to bring whatever is left back but it's going to take more and we are always looking for resources um, to be able to do a better job of what we do um, uh, and let me tell you this um, a week or two two weeks ago now 
Uh, we signed a deal on a building. Really? Uh, really. <laughs> so where is this? This is going to be more like a warehouse. It'll be a warehouse. It's sure. Ju just a distribution center. It won't yeah. be a pantry. It's not intended to be a pantry. Okay. But we will be moving into it. As I'm waiting for the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a process that you have to go sure. through with COVID now. You have to wait your turn. I'm just waiting for them to call me and say, hey, we're ready to inspect your building. Um Yes, <laughs> please do, please do. So that way you can load up the trucks and get them out and and but because you've got so many different sites and you've got a, a pretty uh, set schedule, how can folks access the information on when you'll be distributing at these different parking lots? We are passing out uh, even as we speak. We are passing out information to everybody that comes to the pantry, mm -hmm. and on that there's a QR code. Yeah, that funny looking little. And they Blob. can just, you, <laughs> that's in a square form. Yeah, you square, you, you, you scan that with your phone, mm -hmm. and it takes you right to our website. And on our website, we have all of the schedules for yeah. every month for the remainder of the year. So you can you can find out exactly where you're going to be. Um, since these uh, mobile distributions are weeks one through four yes. of each month, so if there's an extra week, you're just taking that off or how? It, and it, it'll show up on a schedule. Okay. That what we'll be doing because in some cases, uh, it happens to us every once in a while. It's every, there's four times a year. Every mm -hmm. quarter, there's a fifth week. A fifth week, week. yeah. And it's never a full week. It's a partial yeah, week, right? Most of the time, but um, and I've highlighted those uh, those days in red that says there won't be a distribution on this day. But there's some places where we can. Um, find a way to manipulate one of those weeks into the next month. And there's a couple of those that are um, like that. They're the first day of the month or something like that. It's actually part of the following month. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got, um, as, as I said, you've got a, an amazing team of folks who have been on, on board with you on this, but you have a need for volunteers. So how can people Always. volunteer? Just contact us. Mm -hmm. uh, they, we, we've got... Um, some of our volunteers uh, that are regular volunteers, they know. Um, and as soon as we um, are able to move into our new building, it'll be a much better place for them to work. And everything will be, we've got three assembly lines set up, okay? And four if we need four. But everything will just be able to just crunch, crunch, crunch. We'll just make this turn around, turn around. And uh, we are... We're going to spend some money going into this building because mm -hmm. we, we need coolers and freezers that we don't sure. have. Yeah. And so we're going to spend some heavy duty dollars, um, but we've got a local vendor that's going to help us with that. Uh, we'll have capacity for 20 frozen items, 20 pallets of frozen goods, and we'll have 40 pallets of cooler items. And so oh, that's big. We'll, we, we've got some cooler space coming. So are you going to be closing down the Brookview Hills location? Eventually we will be okay. out of there. Yeah. yeah. I don't right. know how long that's going to take. So you're, you're going to strictly be mobile. Strictly be mobile. We, we're going to take it to another level after we get mobilized 100% and we can get that to settle down. Because mm -hmm. there's, you know, when you try something new and everything doesn't run as smoothly sure. as you wish it would sometimes. And once that gets settled into place and people become comfortable with that, um, I'm not talking about just our volunteers, but the, the people that we serve get comfortable with that. One of the things that we were planning to do is create an online order system. 
I'm already oh working on that. <laughs> wow. I, I thought I would bring that maybe toward the end of the year or next year or something like that. I I just don't know. We, we seem to be moving a little faster than I thought. <laughs> yeah. And so if I can uh, get that to come together and once we settle down, and uh, we, we may bring that along sooner than the end of the year. Well, I think something that, uh, of course, you mentioned the need for funds and fundraising and donations. Um, and, and I know a lot of times folks like to, to bring items to you, yeah. you know, non-perishable kind of things, but, but you, you have on your website how uh, $5 that I could go to the store and buy, as opposed to what you can buy through your system, so much more food. Yes. You can. And, and we, we encourage people if, if, if you want to donate, mm-hmm. don't go to the store and buy cans of food. Because yeah. what they spend for a dollar, dollar thirty-five for a can of food, I can get for sixteen to nineteen cents. Okay, because you can buy in bulk, and that's that's so important. So, uh, do you have a way for folks to maybe continually donate to your? Yeah, on our website, your We've, ministry. Yeah. Yes, we, we have a, a, a donation page on our mm-hmm. website, and we have people that are regular givers. Uh, People used to write checks. Now they do it on all electronically. <laughs> well, you have some amazing sponsors, and I'm proud to say at 25 News KXXV is, is one of them has been partnering along with you. And Scripps Howard Foundation, our parent company at KXXV, is, has uh, also been helping out. And, of course, Bird Culture, and I mentioned so many great uh, sponsors. Um, but it, it's really the kind of thing that that if you know there's a need, you know, why not step up and do it? And, and years ago... You felt that call. Yes. Well, God kind of just pointed me in this direction. Did you ever dream? You'd never be, in my wildest dreams. <laughs> you'd never. be head, at this stage in your life, be heading up something as never big as this. Never in my wildest dreams. I've got I've got an understanding of what poverty is like because I grew up in poverty yeah. in Chicago, and um, I d- didn't uh, understand why I was different from some of the other kids that I went to school with. I knew there was a difference, but I didn't know. I didn't know I was in poverty. Mm. We we didn't talk about that, but I do now. Um, but it was one of the things that I made in my mind that when I grow up, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I tell my family, they just kind of laugh at me. I said, "Okay." That made me dig in a little bit deeper to make sure I was the first one in my family to graduate high school, go to college, and become successful in business. And I'm not saying that to beat myself on the chest. Uh, I look back on it now, and that was part of God's plan for me, to go through that so that I would have the ability to not only empathize but really understand what our clients are going through. Um, That pushed me into a few years ago. We created an empowerment school. We had to shut that down because of COVID, Mm. and that kind of broke my heart. But we're working on ways to get that back together. Yeah, could it come back? Yeah, Mm -hmm. in fact— uh, tomorrow, because the idea is to break the cycle of poverty. We got to do that, and we we had some successes. It's not like we turned the whole city around yet, but give me a little more time. <laughs> well, that you know that I know Caritas, they do the same type thing, have the same kind of mission as you, and yeah, and the point is to is to try to break that cycle. Yes, and uh, and certainly to provide better nutrition for these growing bodies. And that's the important part. That I mean, you you really. Uh, Explain that beautifully uh, today. Of course, it was it, it was the kind of thing that has been several months since we visited before. And uh, I like to end these little visits with a questionnaire similar to the one the late, great James Lipton used on Inside the Actor's Studio. 
<laughs> so you've answered these questions. I've slept since then. So <laughs> all your answers will be new to me. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite word? Wow. <laughs> so you don't remember either. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite word? Let's do it. I mean, that, that that's my attitude. I'm a, okay, so I'm a an phrase. I can, it's a phrase. I can, yeah. Yeah. I'm that's an right. I can, I will person. Okay. If I could put that on a license plate, that would have been on my license plate <laughs> all my life. Okay. So what, what is your least favorite word or phrase, I guess? I, I want to say I can't is my okay. least favorite. Yeah, you know, a lot of people tell me and, that, and that, you know. That's because... That defeatism I, kind of attitude. Yeah, they, yeah. We, we face that I can't attitude a lot in yeah. what we do. I bet. And it's my goal is to show them that, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And if we can just give them a few baby steps to take and they realize they can, we can take some more steps. And they get to start saying... Yes, I can. <laughs> you bet I can. Well, what turns you on creatively, uh, emotionally, spiritually? Well, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a Bible reading, not Bible something, but Bible reading <laughs> Christian uh, every day. I'm in, my, I'm in the I'm in the Word. Um, so what we do, I'm working with people who are Christians mostly. And what I like is the opportunity to be able to work with people and take them to another level. It's not that I'm so smart. I've got the bruises to prove what I know. <laughs> it's just that I've got a lot more experience than they do. And if I can lead them in a direction that will be beneficial for them, that's that's what turns me on. Mm-hmm. So what turns you off creatively or spiritually or emotionally? I I, I think that what I might want to say is TV. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, I don't do a lot of TV just because... I see a lot of negativity on yeah. TV in the commercials and everything. It's like I, I don't see it as a building up of things. So if it's not building, uh, my, my nickname was Bob the Builder. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So what sound do you love the most? What sound? Mm-hmm. Gosh. Never thought about what sound I really like. Uh, I like the sound of music. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy music. Okay. Yeah. Well, what sound do you really not like? A train right next to where I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like you've been next to some tracks at some point or another. What other profession would you have liked to try? Wow. <clears throat> I, I don't know. Uh, I never really thought about that uh, because I, what I've done all my life, is something that's very natural to me to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not seem like work. It doesn't seem like work. Yeah. I just, I, uh, people tell me I'm a workaholic. I said, no, nah, I'm not a workaholic. I'm, I just do a lot. I, I like to stay busy. Um, but I, I work more than anybody else in my place, but I still don't see myself as a workaholic because I enjoy what we do. We're making a difference in people's life. No doubt. When I worked for a living, I wasn't making a the impact that I wanted to make. And um, so I, I quit my job and I started my own business and became a consultant. Before I did that, I used to take companies and turn them around. I, was not, not, I didn't have this big fancy staff. Uh, I did most of that before the age of computers. Mm-hmm. And so, I, but I had a natural skill to do it. And so I, I'm using that gift 
in my own way now. When I started my consulting company, I thought I would be able to find a way to help people. It never occurred to me that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. That, that yeah. did not occur to me. Oh, no, I know. What profession or job do you know you would not want? Gee, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be a sports announcer or a <laughs> news announcer. Right. They they take a lot of heat. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) All right. Yeah, especially live broadcasting. That that has its own fun. Um, So finally, what do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at those pearly gates? I'm looking for a well done. (laughs) Uh, That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear you did half of what I asked you to do. I want to hear well done. Oh, Bob Gager, you are just doing such amazing things and uh, exciting new ways to help people. And uh, the, the half of your story hasn't been told, but I thank you so much for sharing with us about Shepherd's Heart. And how can folks, there's also uh, another store. We didn't get to talk about well, the things store, from the heart. Things from the Heart, which is uh, is there on Bosky. Yes. At uh it used to be the Fairgate Shopping Center. It's right on the corner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a great, great place to go for uh, resale items. So. We help people with whatever we they need, and we try and sell the rest, and it helps us uh, use it to buy food. All right. So uh, your website, how can folks learn more? They can go to the website. It's um, www.shepherdsheartpantry.org. And there's a lot of information on our website. It's changing all the time. We've been upgrading it and uh, we'll do some more upgrading in the next few months, but they can get some background of what we're doing, what we've done, and where we're going. Really exciting times ahead. Thank you, but it would be great to put you out of business. It'd be wonderful if we could put really, you out of business. Yeah, this is the kind of job where you want to work yourself out of business. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not is, sure if we're going to do that too soon, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's there's a need. There's no question there's a need. Well, thank you again, Bob. It's been great. And thank you so much for having me. I just want to say one more thing that uh, I, I really got to say thank you to KXXV. You guys have done so much uh not just for Shepherd's Heart but in this community to help people. We really appreciate you. Well, guys. it's it's a joy and it's a, an honor to be able to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. 
Baking Your Business from Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself. Are you building